Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. Now a second scripture lesson from the New Testament book of Acts. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions to the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today we honor graduates of high school and college and we have... An eerily appropriate pair of scripture lessons for the occasion for today is what the church calls Ascension Sunday, when we celebrate that moment when the Lord Jesus Christ ascended into heaven and the disciples stood and watched, staring off into the sky even after he was gone from their sight. I think about those disciples today left there for the first time without Jesus in light of what graduation means, because they were realizing in this moment that they were really left all on their own. The baton had been passed to them. This is a significant feeling, realizing that you're all on your own. Uh, Some people feel that, and it makes them very excited, but I doubt the disciples were very excited. Maybe they were terrified. I don't know for sure what they were feeling. However, I imagine that what the disciples were feeling was something like what I was feeling when my mom left me at college. That day, my mom helped me get moved into my dorm room. She attended a few of the orientation meetings. And then over lunch, she said to me, Well, I'm about to start crying. And once I do, I'm not sure I'm going to stop. So I'm leaving. I love you. Good luck. Goodbye. And she hugged me and she left. (laughs) Now, I remember all this. I I remember especially watching her walk away. Uh, It was an eerie 
feeling. She was gone, and this was back in the old days when a parent could really be gone. It was before there were cell phones, so she was really gone. She was headed back to Marietta, Georgia, while I stayed in Clinton, South Carolina, left up to my own devices. Among other things, that afternoon, I set up an answering machine in the dorm room. That's about how old I am. And Jesus leaving the disciples was something like that. Maybe you've heard of helicopter parents who sort of hover around their kids even after they've been dropped off at college. Jesus lifted up from the earth. He was airborne, Scripture tells us, but he really left. So the disciples really were back on earth trying to figure out how to keep the church going without him there. Can you imagine what that would have felt like? Some people can't, uh, though I imagine most people can. And having had that feeling several times myself, I want to stay in that feeling for just a moment to really, to really think about it and to compare the feeling those disciples must have felt with what growing up and becoming an adult is like. What I know that every parent wants is to prepare their children for life so that they can get out into the world and, and live on their own. Many parents question how successful they've been at preparing their children, but, but parents, I want you to compare yourself to Jesus for just a moment. No one can do anything better than Jesus can. And when Jesus left those disciples on the earth, were they ready? Were they prepared? Are they anxious to spread their wings? How responsible do they really appear to be? I remember well enough how prepared I was for college. Honestly, I was not very prepared uh, at all, having, having really focused my, my schedule to do as little academically as possible during my last semesters of high school. On my first day of college, we took a few tests as a part of freshman orientation, and I tested right into remedial English. <laughs> Apparently, shop and, and weight training weren't the preparation classes I should have been uh, taking in high school because this was an English 101 that I tested into. I wasn't ready for English 101. This was more like English, uh, learning English as a second language or something. And our professor was helping us with comma placement and with uh, whether, to put, whether to preface a noun with a or an. But in addition to my weak English skills, I had never written a check before. I had never done my own laundry. I'd never taken a car to the mechanic. I'd never been arrested either, but soon enough I learned more or less what that was all about. And my <laughs> but my point here is this. My point here is this, even the disciples don't seem to be particularly prepared. Jesus leaves, and they don't know what to do without him. They're just standing there uh, looking up at the sky. And so parents, parents of graduates, you have to, to say to yourself in these last few weeks before your chicks leave the nest, if Jesus couldn't get the disciples ready for life on their own, I need to cut myself some slack. It's impossible 
to completely prepare a person for independence because there are some things in life that you won't ever learn how to do until you have to do them on your own. Maybe you know the hymn, Jesus Walked This Lonesome Valley. It goes like this. Jesus walked this lonesome valley. He had to walk it by himself. Oh, nobody else could walk it for him. He had to walk it by himself. And then the next verse goes this way. You must go and stand your trial. You have to stand it by yourself. Oh, nobody else can stand it for you. You have to stand it by yourself. That's the truth. And in doing so, you will find the strength that you didn't know you had. You'll learn to rely on a power that you never fully knew was there. You'll begin to walk on your own. You'll run without waiting for someone to lead the way. Once Jesus ascends into heaven, the final lesson can be taught to these disciples. And the final preparation is finally complete. Because the disciples are now having to do on their own what Jesus had been doing for them. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. tells his version of having to do uh, this same thing in one of his sermons. He was in Birmingham, Alabama, which you might know was such a violent place during the civil rights movement that some folks called it Bombingham. Dr. King's life was threatened while he was there. He was, he was in danger and he couldn't sleep. The thought of that brick which had been thrown through a window of the house he was staying in kept him up. He, he knew that not only was his life at risk, but that of his wife and children as well who were staying in that house with him. In the middle of the night, unable to rest, he went into the kitchen and made himself a cup of coffee. And there, there he thought about uh, how much he would love to talk with his father who was miles away back home in Atlanta. He couldn't depend on his father for comfort in this moment because his father was too far away. But in this moment, in realizing how far away his father was, he bowed his head in prayer and he asked God for help. And he felt as though he was possibly praying to God for the very first time all on his own. Now, I don't think that Dr. King meant that this was the first time he had ever prayed. I feel sure that he had prayed plenty of times before, but, but you don't know. You don't know that you've been leaning on your parents' faith or your grandparents' faith until you're bowing your head before God Almighty in a state of deep and personal need. The old preachers used to say that God has plenty of children, but God doesn't have any grandchildren because just being related to someone who has faith isn't enough. You can't inherit faith. You have to have it on your own. And so being in proximity to the miracle worker isn't enough to prepare the disciples for what they must do. Likewise, being the son of a, a preacher, the daughter of a Sunday school teacher, or a missionary isn't enough. Life doesn't care who you're related to. Your bloodline isn't going to get you into the kingdom of God. You've got to walk that lonesome valley by yourself. You've got to walk it on your own. Nobody else can walk it for you. In the same way, no one can study for you. Nobody can take that test for you either. 
Think about all the people who have, all the parents who have tried. You've heard about the testing scandals. Our girls have been watching Full House reruns and all I can think about when Aunt Becky comes on camera is how she helped her kids cheat on the SAT. <laughs> Come on, Aunt Becky, you can't do that. You can't do that. Not only will you get caught eventually, but you're also preparing your children to fail at life. Now listen, I, I've had a lot of growing up to do myself. There was a time when I absolutely could not force myself to maintain my automobile. I was 21 years old and thought I was too busy to get the car fixed, especially because I had to, to get together with my friends from college for the weekend in Charleston, South Carolina. I, I left late at night and somewhere in between Columbia and Charleston, the transmission started smoking, but I kept on going. It was late. I was out in the middle of nowhere, and eventually the car quit on me. It just, it just completely gave out. Fortunately, I made it to the shoulder of the road and cut the engine, then tried to crank it up again, hoping that it had reset or something. Well, it hadn't. And what do you do when you find yourself in such a circumstance? This was in those days before there were cell phones. It was dark out. My car was broke down and I had on cowboy boots. What do you do in a situation like that one? You start walking. Because nobody else is walking for you. After four miles, I made it to an exit that had a payphone. I called a wrecker and asked the dispatcher if the wrecker could pick me up at the exit I was at before picking up the car. And she said, sir, it's a tow truck and not a taxi cab. <laughs> That's one of those lines I'll remember for the rest of my life. But I also learned the lesson that I learned that night the hard way. And I had to learn that lesson the hard way because sometimes that's the only way that thick-headed people ever learn. Hadn't Jesus told them what they should do? Hadn't Jesus taught them? Hadn't he already told Peter? Hadn't he already shown Thomas? Hadn't he already proven to them all and instructed them on what they should be about? But... Sometimes the only way we're ever going to do what we must do is when the one who would do it for us leaves us behind. Now, I don't think Jesus wanted to leave them any more than my mother wanted to leave me at college, but she loved me too much not to help me learn that most important lesson and in leaving me at college. One chapter of my life came to an end, but just when that chapter ended, another one began. That's maybe the most important thing to remember. The main character, the one everyone else depended on, leaves while the story keeps going. Our second scripture lesson began in the first book, Theophilus. I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught. You might know already that the author of the book of Acts is also the author of the Gospel of Luke. 
And the first book the author wrote to his friend Theophilus to tell him all that Jesus did and taught. Acts is the next book. And just because Jesus leaves, that doesn't mean that the story ends. It only means a new chapter is beginning. For many of you, this month is full of celebrations that mark the end of the first book. In the midst of all that celebration, give thanks to God and, be, and get ready for the beginning of the next one, where you, graduates, are the main character. And as this next, next book begins, don't be afraid. Keep walking. Remember always who you are, and remember always who is walking with you, even if you can't see them. You are God's own, with a new story to write. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.